Hello and welcome to Season 4 of the VoiceOver Hour podcast, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, an organization that is dedicated to helping, supporting and strengthening the voiceover industry. Now, my name's Rachel Naylor, and I'll be your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, from video games to commercials to animation to promos. I'm also editor of The Buzz magazine, which is the only magazine in the world dedicated to the voiceover industry. I'm director at Elements Demos, founder and CEO of The Voiceover Network, and I'm also a multi-award winning entrepreneur. I talk to some amazing experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. And that's what this podcast is all about. So the VoiceOver Network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. Head over to the voiceovernetwork.org website to see all the amazing events and workshops we have going on. I started the VoiceOver Network over eight years ago. I can't believe that now. Because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals from around the world to come together to get help, support and advice. And to strengthen this amazing industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals of all levels. So people who've been in the industry for over 40 years and people just starting out. And I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your voiceover journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the VoiceOver Hour podcast. Now, on this week's episode, we have something a little bit different from our usual format. Through the VoiceOver Hour live webinars, I have had the wonderful opportunity to interview loads of different voiceover agents on both sides of the pond, both in the UK, the US, Canada, and find out what it's like to work as an agent in this amazing industry. From what they look for in new and emerging talent to their top tips for best ways for voiceover artists to gain representation and nail their auditions. So, Without further ado, let's hear from our first agent, the lovely Natalie Edwards of Excellent Talent, on what she looks for in voiceover talent and what makes a demo truly stand out. When you're, when you're looking to sign new talent or when people approach you uh, to be signed, what, what are you looking for as an agent from talent? Um, I think it's important to know that a trend is a massive player in what we're looking for at that current time we review our submissions uh, every two weeks um and if there's someone who we feel fits a gap within the books um and that we also feel is probably receiving some castings that we've got oh we haven't got that voice yet let's bring them on um or take them to an interview then that's kind of the first thing we're looking for is if we've if we've not got that particular sound. Yeah. So individuality in terms of, you know, it'd be good to research the agency and just have a look and see if there's anyone you're perhaps in the same bracket as or if you have a similar voice, but you do a different um, you deal with different areas of voiceover like it is good it's important to find a niche that we might be particularly attracted to. Yeah. Um, but yeah it's very it always depends on 
how where we're at at the time of review, reviewing those submissions so just it depends on what we're missing basically um or, or if we come across someone who is we who we didn't expect um if who sounds absolutely brilliant and we would just then say okay let's go to an interview with them um so that's a very generic um basis of what we would look for um i think we used to say uh, obviously experience is very important and i think that is a that's a a very closed word and people think that i mean you must have lots of voiceover jobs to be represented by an agency but i think experience also comes from knowing the industry well and i think that you can really apply yourself to research and training and all of that side of things as well as putting yourself out there for jobs yourself yeah you know it doesn't just have to be all you must have this many jobs to be on the books yeah. um it's important to us that you uh can go into a studio and we can trust you to perform yeah. and do a great job and you know and that often it's very rare that that is the opposite um mm. but you know it's very important that we we have that relationship where we know that you're, you sound great yeah. but can you be can you do the same thing in a studio in a live session um you know it's not just down to the real you've got to be ready and you've got to be prepared um so i think we can definitely see that within a submission we can read that in a submission email so it's important yeah. to be put as much detail in your first email to an agency um because that's what we that's the first thing we see yeah so if there's anything in there that looks interesting like that you've done any training you've done um anything you anything you've sort of applied yourself to i think yes all of that stuff is really important mm, definitely definitely because it's it's such an important relationship and i say this to people all the time you know that i just want an agent people say i just want an agent it's like no 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 no, no. you 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 need to find the right agent for you because there are lots of agents out there and they all yeah. work differently. All agents are very different. So it's a it's a business partnership. And, and and I think when when you're looking for an agent, you need to come into it like as a business partnership. And I remember signing with Excellent Talent and very much, you know, coming to, you know, John and saying, look, I've, you know, it's almost like I've got a business proposition. Let's, yeah. you know, let's yeah. see what we can do together. And that's right. And I think that that's really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. And, you know, I think, it, it, like you said, get to know the agency that you're applying for is because everyone works differently. It's so important to just do that research first. Um, like the biggest, the biggest bugbears are when someone emails lots of different agencies in one email and just sends it off because it just doesn't give us an air of you've really done your work, like your homework. Um, gotten to know which agents you'd be working with, yeah. um, how you would fit into that agency. We get a lot of people who apply now, which is lovely, saying like commenting on things like um, what similar training they've done in the background. So there's someone who's done musical theatre training or whatever, like how they relate to the agents specifically, because ultimately it's going to be me and you. So it's, yeah. it's not yeah. just you working with a company, we're going to be talking to each other directly. So it's better to have that kind of personable feel. If we're doing, if we're delivering that to you, then it's nice to have, uh, know that you're going to be, um, relatable for us as well. Um, that it doesn't have to be that specifically. I'm just saying, using that as an example, um, it doesn't take 
uh, long to just go onto the website and get to know the agency, really just have a quick read through of everything. And if it's the right fit, if you think it's going to be great, then send us an email and yeah, that's great. Um, if it's not, then it's not It's you know, there's someone out there for you. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And, and then, so with demos, um, what in your, in your ears, what, what makes a good demo? Um, are you referring to reels or demo? Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's a funny thing in, in the UK and the US, we kind of call them slightly different things, but yeah, a, a, a voice reel. Voice yeah. Demo. Voice yeah. reel, voice demo, demo reel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever one it is. Um, what you would apply to the agency with yes. is what you're saying. Um, yeah. Uh, what was the question? What am I looking for in a yeah, reel? What, what what makes a good what makes a good demo? Um, yeah, so obviously, also very important to say this is very specific to the UK. So I think that um, the US can be quite. I know there's quite a lot of people in the in the yes. group from the US. So I just want to yes. be clear that the, there are very different processes. <laughs> um, uh, so trying to think the best way to again i think it just if it if it it sounds like you can be directed mm. it sounds like you're you have a, an experienced ear like you can listen to your reel and say that sounds great and yeah. i'm getting unconfident with that whether you've been directed by uh, with it or not um, if you've produced it yourself, very important to definitely get some extra opinions and how does this sound because I'm just about to send it off to an agency. Um, I just think as long as it sounds like you know what you're doing, um, then because we hear a mixture of everything, it would be it wouldn't be right for me to say we want something so specific like we want to hear this clip or we want to hear that yeah. clip because um there's such a variety of stuff out there that we would we don't we don't mind what you send just as long as it sounds professional it sounds like you know what you're doing and that you've done your research into how your voice fits within that clip yeah. in or each clip within the reel are you right for that advert that you are voicing does your accent suit that character that you're yeah. voicing you know you know it's all of those really bitty bits that mm. really you just really need to hone in on um another thing another thing i will say voice reels um it's important to um pay attention to the order of the clips in your reel um i think if you consider that we are attracted to probably the first five ten seconds of your reel and could very also very easily be turned off by the first five to ten seconds of your reel you have to choose the best you know what you would consider the most standout clip um yeah. for the beginning of your reel uh, it doesn't have to be high energy it can be really just engaging and gripping it, you know it doesn't matter what it is just as long as you're confident that that's going to be the one that we go oh i want to listen to more of this yeah. and it's going to keep me listening for the rest of the reel um, yeah. that's those those first few seconds are really important um and also to, good to have a variety in there as well we don't want it all to be on one note um the variety in energy is what i'm referring to um so yeah we just want to make sure that there's a lot of because we want to hear that you're versatile we want to hear the different energies that you can apply yourself to and yeah i think all of those things yeah. are very important for reels Definitely, definitely. I think I think the 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 main word in that is confidence. Yeah. 
yeah confidence is a very big word yeah yeah because we can hear it you know you can't hide behind your voice and if you aren't super confident in your demo then the agent can hear that a mile off. yeah another thing i will say is that um just reading a script is very different to being engaged with a script um we can hear that so clearly um if you you can just hit if you're just reading it you can hear it there's no emotion whatsoever then we'll we'll hear it and that will be what what turns us away so just really pay attention to that as well thank you so much to natalie for joining us next up we have the awesome Vince Labika of DPN Talent, giving us his vital do's and don'ts when it comes to approaching and contacting the agencies you want to work with and what the highest booking talents are doing to stay successful. So typically, um, and this is just like, I'm going to blanket this prior to reaching out to me directly. But in general, if you're reaching out to an agent, rule number one, do not send them an email over the weekend. No, no agents looking at their email over the weekend. It will get inundated. And by Monday, they're going to have a million other emails prior to that Monday morning. And they'll, it will get lost in translation. Wednesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, they're already, they've already pushed out the flow of the, the early week emails and they kind of have their bearings, right? Um, some even say Thursday morning, right? So somewhere in that midweek where the agent's not going to be inundated with morning that that the beginning of the week, right? To get out of the, the weekly, the, the the Monday rut, let's call it, right? So, um, and then two, don't, we don't need a, a novel. Do not inundate the agent with your life story. Do you have a home studio setup? Where are you located? Are you eligible to work in the United States? Do you have a visa? All these type of extra things that, especially if you're coming from another country, are valid. Right. So mainly the home studio and where you're located and a little bit of background of how long you've been doing voiceover. I'm a newer talent or I've taken classes at X, Y and Z recently. And these are my strong suits. Make sure your demos are attached. Sometimes um, links nowadays because of so much spam, agents get a little sketched on clicking on a link. So in in an MP3 format in a lower bit quality, just so they can hear it. Hey, my reads are attached. Take a listen. Let me know what you think. And also don't think you're going to get a response right away. Sometimes I get these emails. I put them into a submission email folder. That submission email folder gets attention once I am basically, you know, push everything out as far as other pressing work that's in front of me. Granted, it could be twice a month, but then I I take an hour and go through all of them and usually respond to, uh, try to respond to all of them or majority of. Um, reaching out to me directly, my email is on the DPN website. So that is available, uh, dpntalent.com. Um, and yeah, so that's just a little MO on like agents in general, uh, reaching out to agents. <laughs> Definitely. And I'm going to jump in and also throw my, my bit in. If you're, you know, the, the key to, to getting an agent the first thing you've got to feel comfortable and confident so if you're new in the industry you need to do the training you need to go out there and i would suggest going out there and getting you know some some roles some books and gigs first before you then go to an agent because you need to when you're approaching an agent you need to be in a position where you are 
100% confident in what you can do in the studio because they have to have 100% confidence in you. Um, and I think they're going to get tested too. Like, so Rach, the first thing I do is I'm like, if I like your sound, a lot of demos are overproduced these days. You wouldn't believe how many people have overproduced demos. And I said, like, great, here's three really hard scripts. Send me these back by tomorrow, 9 a.m. Yeah. And then I see one, how poignant they are on time yeah. and then how they, how they actually sound on a live read. And then for the most part, you have to be able to produce what you, what your demo sounds like. And if you can't then, and you really only get so many shots to reach out to an agent, right? So you have smaller boutique agencies in the United States. And that I would have to say, that's where I look a lot of times for talent that have capped out their opportunities at some of these smaller agencies. And I will reach out to these talent and say, Hey, I love your sound. And then it's kind of coming to a bigger, it, it, you would say college basketball to the NBA, right? So you, you don't want to over inundate yourself by going to try out for the Lakers and not being able to dribble. Right. So it's like one of those things <laughs> where, uh, you, you only get so many shots to reach out to these bigger agencies and you want to, you want to put your best foot forward because believe it or not, the people that re reach out multiple times with the same demo, yeah. I will type their name in and this submission little, I have this submission inbox, right. And they, their name will pop up. I'll be like, they submitted eight months ago. They didn't change their demo. You know, so it's a lot of, a lot yeah. of things. Just, just, just remember to put your best foot forward and just be ready to live read on the spot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it is, you know, you, you, yeah, you've got to do the training. You've got to have the confidence. You've got to have the, you know, the a brilliant real read, a reel and be able to reproduce those reads as Vince said, which is so, so important. Uh, but it's also about building relationships and networking. And I think that is something that is so, so key. Um, not just building, you know, networking and building relationships with agents, which is very important, but it's with other voice actors as well. So helping other voice actors, being, um, you know, supportive, helpful, because in our industry and getting agents, you know, getting agents is really, really tough in this industry because, you know, there are a lot, there's a lot of great talent but if you can you know you can become friends with voiceover talent who are represented you know there can be help you know people can help each other out and i think probably by getting referred would you say referrals are you know yeah referrals are i mean yeah. hey they're, they're great if you know somebody who knows somebody and you can get in yeah. the door that way that's awesome but again you're going to be tested at at the doorstep you know what i mean so it's like yeah. just be ready to be able to produce i mean as again if you have all your things in, in order and you're, you're ready to replicate the same sound that you have on your demo, there, there's not going to be any issues. You're ready to go, you know? So it's just, you know, pre-proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Be ready. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. 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 And, um, and in terms of the, the talent that you see that book loads, at DPN is there like yeah is there like a you know what is it that they're doing that you see that they're doing that well I think there's two there's two factors right so there's some talent that are super talented yeah um and then there's the talent that are maybe more semi-talented but they have a hustle factor meaning they're always taking classes they're always trying to push to get better they're always honing their craft yeah. and those talent sometimes will supersede the other ones because the talented, super talented, talented ones know they're talented and sometimes aren't as they, they don't push the envelope as hard to get better. Right. Cause they, they're, they become a little bit more complacent in that fact, not saying that they're, that's bad by any means, but the other ones usually always pass them up because 
then they become really good because they have taken seven or eight classes within the last month and they have tried to hone in on you know, networking and just really pushing the envelope. And honestly, it boils back down to how much time you want to put into this and what you're going to get back out of it. Right. So um, that's really what I see is a lot of the talent that say, Hey, they have full dedication to it. They make it work no matter what, as far as time-wise, I know there's a lot out in LA, we get a lot of on-camera talent that want to do voiceover and voiceover is their kind of their second tier. Well, when I have a script that needs to go back in three hours, those usually aren't my first go-tos, right? I go to the, the voiceover people, the people that I know that are, they're just doing voiceover, they're cranking it out. And, and that's really, and I'm not saying having multiple facets of a career is bad, but voiceover is one of those things you have to be fully inundated in it to really continuously get traction in it. Right. Um, it's, 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 one of those, it's kind of one of those things. It's either luck or talent. And majority of the time it's talent, you know? So it's like, and you have to, you have to work to, to get to that level. A massive thanks to Vince for those hot tips. Coming up next is a real power panel of agents. We have Emily Dean of VoiceFox, Phil Sutfin from ACM Talent, and Peter Morris from Soho Voices and Peter Morris Casting telling us their best practices and better ways for talent to really nail the audition. Um, I think the, the ones that I've seen that are most successful are, and there's, there's a, a few artists that tend to, if I'm asking uh, for a demo read and I've got a little bit of direction um, from the client as to what they want, but maybe they're not quite sure. Um, the most successful artists are ones that maybe do... Um, two or three reads that are kind of a slightly different style just to kind of show um, the client that they can be quite flexible um, and easy to direct so it's giving the client a bit of a a, a choice as well and um, giving maybe a friendly conversational read and then maybe more of a professional kind of corporate um, read and then you know just sort of showing that you can um, use your your voice in in different ways a bit more flexible in the US, it's really common to have multiple takes. So, you know, unless it's a 60 second radio script, that's wall to wall, you know, generally we do want multiple takes. With that said, you know, what I tell everybody is the first take, at least from our end, should be the most naturalistic that is possible. The second take should be the one in which they try to fine tune anything else from that first take. I don't know about how, you know, the creative process in the UK, for instance, but I'm pretty confident the majority of producers who hear our, our auditions are listening to maybe 10, 15 seconds max. Um, if they got past 15 seconds, that person actually has a really good chance of getting the job. So, you, you, you know, what we try to explain to people is you want to go with your best foot forward, which is, again, that most natural read as humanly possible. For the most part, people are listening to what they think they want. Um, And it's not that they don't care about people's names or reputations, but again, they're more focused on what they want for their spot. As I say, at least in, you know, New York and Los Angeles, everyone thinks advertising is a way station to a different job. Um, So they, they just get their jobs done, move on to the next and as long as that person's performing the way they want it performed, they're going to be happy. There's a really well-known comedy manager 
um, here in the United States. And one of his sayings to his comedy clients is, it's your job to go out there and create problems every time you audition for a legit job. And the same thing applies to voiceover talent. Everybody has something in mind. You have to create a problem for them in which they say, oh, I like this idea better. My number one top tip is to read the brief. Uh, I think a lot of people get a brief and they, and they, they surmise what they think it should be. And, and, uh, and I think that it, as much as I do think it's important to give multiple reads, a lot, if, you, if you give too many reads, then people get sort of like snow blinded, like, oh no, come on, you know, it, it, it's too much. I would much, I'd much rather go for the read that they've, they've um, proposed, their warm read with gravitas, and then you can, re reading the script yourself, you can maybe, as an artist, get a feel for what you think really might go better for this. As, as Phil was saying, as a, as, a, as, as a comedy town where you, you bring your own, it's what you bring to the party. So you can look at the script and think, I th this, could, this could, you know, I, I can take it a little bit this way, a little bit that way. It's going to work better for the script. So you could do your own version of it. I wouldn't give too many reads. If I if I were you, I would do, I would make sure that you you when you're when you're um, when you're recording your own stuff that you're going to present, make sure that the, the pieces you've recorded don't present them all. You may record say five, but maybe just present the top two or three max. I wouldn't really go beyond that because uh, people haven't got the time. As Phil was saying, they, you know they 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 they, they, they want to get in there five, 10, 15 seconds and they're and they're onto the the next thing. Maybe even just five, you know. Because if they've got to get through 50 auditions or, or you know, 10 auditions, even 20 auditions, you know, it, 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 takes, it takes time. And it also takes time to, 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 um, to uh, compute it all and, and work out what you think is really, really going to be right. But my top tip is read the brief. Uh, and, um, and I think your recording surroundings, uh, you, having all the right kit is really important, but making sure that your room is is uh, is right is really important don't just as long as you've got something you've got something behind you it could just needs to be your wardrobe with the doors open but as long as you've got something to absorb that sound and you've not got any sort of physical roomy sound in there because that can be the quality of the record can be can be off putting um i agree actually so can i just sort of say um yeah just for the uh, the studio when when we're sending off auditions um and someone's just you know outside on their mobile phone trying to record this audition as, as they're going you know off to another job it's kind of not really any point in doing that really because they'll just listen to the ones that are really well recorded and yeah it needs to needs to sort of stack up to the others um quality wise because it's your first impression and they're hearing that and sometimes clients can't hear past the the traffic noises and the <laughs> and the airplane that's going above so they need to hear the, the the voice they need to hear the tone of the voice um if it's in you know recorded in a really echoey room there's no way that they can hear if that's the voice that they want I still can't believe we got to have Emily Phil and Peter all together sharing their amazing insights and advice we have just one more interview segment left for this week's episode. But first, let's take a short break to hear from our amazing sponsors. You are listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast season four, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, sponsored by Sennheiser, 
Focusrite, Audio-Technica and Elements Demos. This podcast is powered by the Focusrite Vocaster and the Sennheiser USB microphone. Founded in Japan in 1962, Audio-Technica has grown to design critically acclaimed headphones, turntables and microphones, building on its passion for listening and retaining the belief that high-quality audio should be accessible to all. From live concert tours and recording studios to theatres, educational facilities and houses of worship, there are also millions of music enthusiasts, gamers and content creators who use Audio-Technica products every day. Check out the Audio-Technica website, audio-technica.com. Having the right demo is so important as a voice actor. In fact, it's one of the most important marketing tools you need to have. Now, I created Elements Demos because I wanted to make sure that voice actors have the best demos to go out to get work and to get more representation. I have an amazing team of scriptwriters, sound engineers and directors all working with you. Check out elementsdemos.com for more information. Okay, so we are back with a bang as we'll be hearing from the incredible Andrea Bean of AB Square Talent and Tanya Buchanan of Tadar Voiceworks on the importance of proper training, investing in yourself as a voiceover artist, building relationships with your agents and voiceover as a business. Uh, training is so important. Uh, I think that I, I liken it to often I'll hear people say, and I know we've all heard, I have a nice voice, I should do that, mm. which, you know, people say I have a nice voice. Well, I like animals, but I'm not a vet, right? Yeah. So <laughs> you need to, you need to train and you need to, you need to have, a, I'm a big proponent of having a mentor and mm. somebody that you trust that can tell you when you're ready. There's yeah. nothing worse than auditioning when you're not ready. So maybe you need to tweak things a little bit. See, you don't have to have a coach for a long time. Maybe check in with somebody, find somebody you trust that can find out why you're auditioning and maybe not booking anything. Maybe it's something in your delivery. Maybe you're not ready. Um, it could be a, quite a few things. Yeah. yeah I, I agree um, with the idea of getting somebody you trust. And, you know, think about this. This is another industry where a lot of people have aspirations, but few quote unquote make it. I think there's a lot of opportunity in voiceover for all different kinds of voice jobs, right? We've got audiobooks, we've got narration and, and um, you know, explainer videos. I mean, it's really opened up. It's opened up the opportunity, but it's increased the competition. Yeah. Because it's like the person who's pretty and gets a headshot and thinks that's all they need. Um, you know, when people say, people have always told me I had a nice voice. I'm like, la, 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 la. You know, that's like, that's like, great. Now, what do you want? Is this something you're willing to work for? And listen and, you know, find out maybe like me. I mean, I'm not an actor. You know, I did behind the scenes stuff. I, you know, there was a point where I had to go, you know what? My personality is not cut out for this. And maybe that's where a coach comes in. I don't, I'm not trying to discourage anybody. Oh my gosh, no. But there is a point where you got to really feel it in here and invest in the way you need to invest 
or let it be a hobby. Let it be something that you do because you love it. And, and maybe you do uh, record um, books for people who are deaf in the library. You know, maybe it never goes beyond sort of a, 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 love, a, a love project. But maybe, maybe you, maybe you're going to find out you're you're tougher than you thought, and that you're gonna you're gonna really ramp it up, and you're gonna listen and trust and find just find just the right people for you who are honest with you. So I mean, there's there's that thing, you know. Maybe as an agent, we help you find what your true passion is. You know, yeah. that's all I can hope for. Um, so so if you're not booking, yeah, get some get some. Find out why through somebody who knows because, um, you know, or maybe you're just not, you're not going for the right auditions. Maybe you're trying things that are, you're not ready for, or maybe you need to, um, you know, bring the bar back down and stay local and do, do smaller jobs. I don't know. Mm. Um, it's, it's, you need more details for a question like that, but I think yeah. uh, Tanya gave some good ideas too. And I do, again, I really think it's important that somebody, you find somebody who's honest with you because there's nothing worse than having, oh, you're great. You're great. You're the best. And I get a lot of uh, um, interesting feedback because I won't do that. I will tell you if I do any kind of critiques, I'm brutally honest, (laughs) but I don't think it helps people by saying this is really great when it's not. Um, You've got to have a taking their money, taking their Mm -hmm. money just to have a factory of vo you know wannabes yes um that's that's kind of creepy that's kind of yeah, icky definitely you know definitely but and training is 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 and guys we're so lucky there's so much incredible training lots of workshops we've got quite a few going on here at the voice of a network but you know um and it, you know th- th- we can now work with amazing coaches all around the world so um yeah so that's exciting awesome the squeaky wheel gets the grease uh, meaning I get to build a relationship with people when they ask me questions. I don't necessarily want you texting me or calling me. Um, email is great. Like um, I always tell talent, you know, if you want me to listen to your audition, if you want me to listen to your files to give you feedback, I'll do that after the audition. Please don't email me and say, what do you think about this? What do you think about this read? You know, and I'm scurrying away trying to get stuff, uh, you know, sent to casting you know, and there's 15 minutes and you're asking me to listen. I, I'm not going to do that, but I will, I will listen and I'll say, and I'll give you some feedback um, based on maybe what I heard in other people's auditions or the way I think it could have, should have been delivered. So, um, and of course, when you book, I also build a relationship with you. So um, I don't really know what you mean about like waiting for them. Um, you know, we have uh, I may have a different kind of relationship with my talent than Tanya, but generally speaking, I'm not calling talent. Hey, how you doing? You know, kind of thing. And um, uh, so, so it is up to the talent if they want to build a relationship and I'll shoot quick emails off, you know, in, in I think, questions, so. I think people under, need to understand and some do and some don't is the speed and the volume of work that agents go through. I, and I've actually had to be brutally honest with our talent as well and say, I just, with the amount of emails I get, if you're just saying hi, like, or texting me, just saying hi, like it, it, it just bogs up my email. So I've actually moved to a point where if you want to go over um, your past auditions, 
book an appointment with me. Book an appointment with me where I'm only focused on you, where I'm just talking to you. I can listen to your auditions and we have a quick meeting about doing that. And before we started um, this hour, I was talking about how Zoom has been great for that because I've been able to get, you know, so more one-on-one with talent saying, okay, let's review. If you're having an issue, let's review it. But don't do it when I'm in the middle of, like you say, I've got 15 minutes to get this casting in. I'm not concentrating on you and I'm not giving you my full attention. So it's not fair for you and it's not fair for me. So I think that if we can have some understanding from our talent, and some are really good, some aren't, that don't call me, don't text me to say hi, it's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't want to have that. It's just there's not enough time. Um, things are moving at a rapid speed for us now, much more than it was even a few years ago. I'm getting same-day turnarounds now, which I never got. I thought next day was, like, fast. Now I'm getting, can you get it to me by the end of the day? You know, and imagine that you've got, you know, how many talent times that by how many talent you have. It's it can be very quick and very uh, stressful. <laughs> so please, that's the only thing I say, make our jobs easier by understanding that. You don't need to spend a ton of money. And, and just be careful out there of people who are trying to sell you things that you don't need. I've told new people coming in, you can easily get something for under 500 and under. Um, it doesn't have to be thousands of dollars. You don't have to get a, a you know, a whisper room. You don't have to um, invest in pro tools. You don't have to, you know, a lot of things that people are trying to sell you. Um, you want to invest in a good mic and, a, and have soundproofing and things like that. But there are ways. And the beautiful thing about where we are now is there's so many resources online. You can build your own booth with your, you know, just going to the Home Depot and, and getting PVC piping. I've seen some wonderful setups that you can do it for a reasonable price. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, with, I wouldn't start telling people what they need, not knowing what their resources are and, um, and maybe having um, a way that you can continually grow your professional um, space, whatever that means to you. Um, because it's just, you know, you, you're going to have to invest in something to make money. It's any it's like any other business, yeah. you know, you can't do it yeah. talking into your phone. No. Definitely, definitely. And I wanted to jump in with a question as well. Um, in terms of, because I know you said about representing talent now in different parts of the country and in different parts of the world. So do you both, do you both represent, will you take on talent who are in, in different countries and different languages as well? I do, but we, uh, with, the, with the expectation that I can't get a ton of auditions for you, but yeah. uh, yes, I do. Yeah. And I have a short list. I, we, don't, we don't actually um, bring them in the roster and send them everything. You know, it's, it's like, um, so if I get something for French, I have my French short list that I can, and overseas French people. So, yeah, I mean, I do, but, you know, we're standard American English. That's what yeah. people here in North America, well, you know, Canada and U.S., uh, that's what they're looking for. You know, occasionally they, they might want to hear a British voice for a certain flair, um, or if it's a localization, they're they're redoing it. And they need to for the for a particular market, and they need that accent. They want it to be native. They don't want you know. I, I can't tell you how many times I have to write like no fake accents. Yeah. Like people think they can do accents, that you dropped it on the third word, and it, it it you know be professional. If it says native accent, 
be that person. Again, be authentic to what you're auditioning for. You know, it's a business. Remember the business part of things. It's, uh, it's so important to, to treat it as such. And for the demo, just a quick thing, you wouldn't go into a job with a handwritten resume that's all crumpled up. Well, your demo is your resume, just like any other business. Make sure it's great. Make sure it's professional, et cetera, et cetera. And I'd like to add something because, like you say, we're getting short on time. Um, and it's about auditioning for everything that you're right for. And um, don't be picky and choosy. I mean, I can't tell you how many people um, will say, well, I haven't booked anything yet. And I look back at what they've auditioned for. And they're like 30 to 45 voice, which is like right smack dab in the middle. And they've only auditioned for five auditions, five, you know, in, in two months. I'm like, well, it's a numbers game. And you really do need to audition. I mean, yes, I understand that maybe every talent fee isn't, you know, it's non-union. I'm not in charge of the world. So I'm going to put it out there depending on where you're at and what you need. Um, but I just say, you got to audition, folks. You got to keep auditioning and never forget it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game for me. Why do you think I'm always looking for new casting people? I want, you know, feed, I need to feed my people. Yeah. So I want more, more and more auditions coming in because I know I will book, I'm not going to book all of them. I'm yeah. going to book a percentage of them, you know, and the better my talent, the higher my percentage. So, you know, we're, we're constantly, you know, I want to feed, I want to feed the right people the right jobs. Yeah. So don't make it about, you know, screaming at your agent because you haven't booked. When, you know, are you doing your part? Are you every day going in the studio being like, this is my job. This is what I'm going to, I'm going to look through everything. I'm going to get them in on time. I'm going to get them in when I get them. Oh, I can do that one tomorrow. Well, what's tomorrow going to bring? You don't know. Get it in. Do it. Get it in. Be focused. And, and just keep producing. I mean, it's about production. So, you know, that's kind of my spiel. You gotta, you gotta be serious about it and, and, and do the work. Do the work. I could honestly listen to Andrea and Tanya all day, but that's all we have time for in this week's episode. A final sincere thank you to all our voiceover agency guests for bringing us their invaluable knowledge. Don't forget that for our members of the VoiceOver Network, the full and uncut VoiceOver Hour live webinars are available via our website. So if you aren't a member yet and would like even more of what you've heard here today, please do get in touch. We'd love you to come and check out the VoiceOver Network. Thank you so much for joining us and I'll see you on the next VoiceOver Hour podcast. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, season four, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, with special sponsors Sennheiser, Focusrite, Audio-Technica, and Elements Demos. My name's Rachel Naylor. Join me for the next episode taking you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry.